0: Pen Ketchum and David Moulton.
1: Oh, welcome to the show. I'm David Moulton, <laughs> and I'm Pen Ketchum. What's up, my dude?
2: Are you ready, uh, baby? This is epic. This this has the potential to be the best show of all time.
1: Yeah, it's definitely you know last show. Yeah, some people, well, you'll see. Yeah, they said it was the best show. There I was there was a comment. Along those lines. Yeah. But
2: this show, The Basote. Yeah.
1: Right. We've built upon the foundation laid by the previous episode for the
2: first time. Right. We've grown
1: 235 episodes. We're finally learning.
2: Right. And we had that super cool staff retreat. Yeah. Up at Refreshing Mountain Camp. That was so great. The yeah. zip line. Oh, my God. That was so funny. Frank was screaming. His head right. off he the was lady. so I scared. Like, oh, come yeah. on, dude. And then it was really funny because you never expect it to happen, but he did fall off <laughs> yeah. and broke both of his legs.
1: Looks <laughs> so, like his fear was deserved. <laughs> it was so
2: funny because when they were hauling him off in the ambulance yeah. and you were like making faces out of him <laughs> like, with glasses and who stuff.
1: guest old yeah. short chins over here. Right. <laughs> they had to cut him off. Yeah. And yeah. Sell him back on. Brutal. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so now he's an inch and a half shorter than <laughs> before the retreat. But that only served for the better inspiration to focus our – focus the whole team.
1: Yeah. You know, it's great. Yeah, I remember, I remember he came back and he said – Look, if we had been focused on the podcast, this right. accident would have never happened. Right. And it's all your fault, all of you. Well, he was going
2: down the zip line. Yeah. And I was recreating my favorite scene from a bank robbery movie. And I said, stick him up. <laughs> and then he quick put his hand. And buddy. Go. Come on, buddy. You're on a zip line. You don't, come on, You don't like it. come on. on. <laughs> Not you, you dummy. Come on. <laughs> you're 45 feet in the air. Frank.
1: Jeez, buddy. Uh. Well, R.I.P. Frank. (laughs)
2: Right. So then we have to fire him for being too stupid.
1: Yeah. You're not quite at our level. So now he's got broken legs. He's
2: an inch and a half shorter,
1: and he's got no job. He's unemployed. Right. (laughs) Good guy. Good guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good guy, good guy One of the best. Right, right, right.
2: He still came over for the dinner, though. So that that, that I mean, it's good he was able yeah, to see past weird. it. Yeah, that was weird. I guess he's too short to see past it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> why? Why are you was people good? Listen to the show. I like that. That was
2: good. I like that. <laughs> he's Too short to see past it. It's funny because he's short. He, he lost
1: the internet. Right
2: when he fell off the zip oh
1: <laughs> My God! Man, who, who needs Beautiful. movies? we got plenty of stuff Beautiful. to talk about.
2: Well, and that's all the news. So <laughs> yeah. let's get into the trailers. <laughs> all right, David, we have a little bit of news. Yeah. Let's start off with the only news that I care to comment on. Mm. I guess I, I, two, of, two of the three news pieces
1: are acceptable. Mm.
2: The third one is lame. Two
1: of the three. Yeah.
2: yeah. I'll start off with the first one. Listen, as we all know, all anybody, can all, talk, all, all anybody can talk about it. Yeah. Even Frank, when they were hauling him off in the ambulance, <laughs> he, was like, he was screaming, I'll be back for the Red Rose Film Festival! Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. so the yeah. Red Rose Film Festival yeah. is November 3rd and 4th, mm. Friday, Saturday. And I can tell you, like, you know, I've been honest on this show.
1: At least once.
2: <laughs> we, I, I'm active with the Red Rose Film Festival, and as yeah. such, I'm one of the people who reviews all the films. Mm. And in years past...
1: I did it one year.
2: Yeah, you did it one year. I should have gotten you back this year. Yeah, I've, I dropped Missed the ball. Opportunity. Um opportunity. In years past, some yeah. some of the films, Yeah. God bless them, mm. some of the films were a struggle,
1: mm. right? Yeah.
2: Some of the yeah. films were awesome, and then some of them were like, ugh. You know, Mm -hmm. are are we really – and you're, like, checking the tracking to see how many more minutes the movie is, and it's like, oh, God. Yeah. I can tell you with a complete sincerity – That all of the films are like that? (laughs) That this year, every single film I watched was, at a minimum, was good. Nice. And some of them were amazing. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So, really, uh, check out – if you're into independent movies, uh, the Red Rose Film Festival, you can find the full schedule at redrosefilmfestival.com and – as a special treat, we are recording the Penn Cinema podcast live. That's right, folks. At two p.m. at Zotropolis, which is the super cool independent art house movie theater located mm-hmm. on Water Street. On the fourth, right? On Saturday, 7th. November fourth at two p.m. And I highly recommend going beforehand and getting a couple drinks at the bar oh, yeah. or get lunch. You know, whatever you want.
1: Now, where are we going to be? Do you know we're going well, to be in the theater? I think we're going to.
2: I don't the know. I don't know. I, I doubt we're going to be in the theater. We'll okay. probably be in the lobby. We'll
1: be around. Yeah, we, you you won't miss us. That's for sure. Yeah, whether you see us or right. not, And we, you won't
2: miss us. We were going to have our first ever guest host, but then you know we fired Frank, so now yeah. it's back to being just the two of us. Yeah,
1: it was it was crazy. We can
2: make it if we try.
1: I don't know if my if the mics go down, down that low. <laughs> We'll have to figure right, it out. Right, right, right. Yeah.
2: No, so anyway, so Red Rose Film Festival.
1: November 4th.
2: November 4th at 2 p.m. is the live Penn Cinema podcast right. at Zootropolis. But what I'm telling you is go to the website, redrosefilmfestival.com. Check out all the stuff. Mm. It, it's all in downtown Lancaster. It's, it's mostly all at Zootropolis. Yeah. But there are, there are some screenings at the Southern Market and also a couple screenings up at the North Museum oh. in their planetarium.
1: Wow. Which
2: is kind of weird, but also like... Kind of cool. Kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and also, <clears throat> there's a lot of people attending the screenings are like people who were involved in making the movies. Yeah. So it's kind of going to be cool. A lot of the screenings are going to have Q&A from the directors, you know, or the people who produce the movie or whatever. So we reviewed movies from all literally all
1: over the world. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: It was really cool. I'm really proud of this year's effort. So I'm this excited is, to get going. This is
1: the third one?
2: This is the fourth. Fourth. This is the fifth no this is the fourth year of doing it yes fifth yes year yes since the first one right something like that
1: Some, cuz uh, I think you skipped a year right yeah. Or you did it online yeah or yeah yeah like we that. did it online
2: like whatever to me in my mind yeah. this is the fir- the third in person one but more importantly this is going to be the I sort of feel like the first one was definitely in 2019 and it was like good but we also learned a lot of lessons. In my opinion, I feel like this is our first one, like, all the way back. Yeah. You know, like, we are firing on all cylinders, and it's going to be great.
1: Fun point to this. Yeah. We had our first live show yes. at the Red Rose Film yes. Festival. Not only that, we that's the first time we met Austin Atreides. Oh, is that Long-time right? Yes, yes. In person. Yeah, yeah, what a guy.
2: Yeah, we still haven't figured out his real name. I, I'm not convinced that Atreides is... What? No. What I mean is, Atreides is definitely his real last name, but yeah, he's but got Austin. A, Austin's a fake first name yeah, for sure. That cannot be real. You know, his name's really like Bob, yeah, Charlie, David, yeah. Edward, Frank, George, yeah. Hamlet, Saeed. Or i could I, be Fremen. I think Hamlet. Hamlet. Hamlet, no, Hamlet. Hamlet. Atreides, and then your initials are Ha.
1: <laughs> not Henry though Hamlet, Hamlet. no other H's. right and his friends call him Hammy <laughs> obviously oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be so cool yeah uh, he went Austin he wanted to throw us off he's like Austin my right. name's Austin right. they'll never figure me out <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> bastards won't see me coming <laughs> alright moving on to some other news yep I put this on here because I thought it was hilarious yeah I don't know if you remember I'm trying to forget. Back when Zechariah Snyder was doing the DC stuff and we had Justice League and everything, and the the whole push was bigger, badder, darker, more gruesome, more more brooding superhero stuff. That's what they thought DC wanted. Okay. And then they were like, don't worry, we're getting James Wan, Mm. who does all these dark things.
2: He's the biggest, baddest one of them all. Yeah,
1: he does hard... We're going to make Aquaman two a straight up horror film. Don't worry. James Bond's behind it. It's going to be a horror movie Ugh. and they kept pushing it. Oh, this is going to be the darkest one yet. Hmm. Bah, 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 bah. And they filmed it. and this is going to be so dark and so scary <laughs> and so everything. And then this week, James Bond said, Hey, uh, Aquaman two is an outright buddy comedy. And they're like, you got to see it because it's a buddy comedy. It may be the last movie in the DCEU, but it's a buddy comedy. Don't worry, you'll be <laughs> laughing and having a good time. It's definitely not dark and brooding and and or scary. Right. All the things that we said it was right. going to be. Right. So anyway, I just thought that was funny. Real tonal shift. Well, what I, I mean, find the trailer doesn't look scary. So clearly they've been.
2: Well, I think I think if you recall. I'm not trying to bring the abacus out off the couch. But I yeah. think if you recall that yeah. part of my concern with the Aquaman trailer was that it did not make up its mind what it wanted to be. Right. Right. Because there was that little bit about showing him like washing his Aquaman suit. Yeah. Like, what are is this are we trying to be funny? But then there was like a real intense action sequence, and like, oh, am I supposed to be excited? And so I feel like this news is only interesting once I see what the actual like is the news true or is it not
1: so I think they tried to make the scary bad one realized they couldn't do it this movie's had a ton of reshoots Mm. and then reshot all this buddy stuff but they were like well that action stuff and the seat the computer stuff's already done so we're gonna just keep the action scenes right it's just everything leading up to it yeah anyway Ugh.
2: uh, ugh, this is our big Christmas film
1: it's not the big Christmas film there's like another there's a ton of other Christmas movies well, there's Color a, Purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the other one we saw today that comes out? I Boys was in the Boat. Boys in the Boat. Yeah. Yeah. There's other movies. But there's
2: always like a big mainstream, oh, mainstream. like commercial, this is the big movie. Oh, this is a flop. Yeah. This is, and this is
1: nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Womp, womp. Deadpool 3 mm. is losing its May release date uh, as the strike continues to affect... The theatrical schedules, uh, on the, st- the note of the strike, uh, word is tomorrow, they start talking again. Yes. So that's good.
2: Tuesday. Tomorrow, being Tuesday tomorrow being Tuesday, October, what? 24th or something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so they're saying even if the strike ended in the next few weeks, it doesn't matter because this movie is like less than halfway filmed and done. So it just can't get done in time for that release right. schedule. So it's not a, you know, Right right. That's, that's what happens. It's not like they're sitting Let me
2: ask it. you let me ask you this. Yeah. Riddle me this. Yeah. Riddle me this, mm. my friend. Mm-hmm. Deadpool 3. Yeah. Is it the third Deadpool movie? The third there's the Deadpool. Yeah. And then there was the Deadpool 2. Yeah. And then now we're talking about Deadpool 3 to be released in the spring of 24, which now it mm. looks like it's going to be released sometime
1: after yeah. the spring of 24. Some people were talking it could push to a November release, which is historically really good for Marvel.
2: Yeah. So let me ask you this. How big of a deal is this? Not a deal. Yeah. I mean, like this is going to be a great movie. Like uh, when I say great, this is going to be a good, solid, fun movie whenever it gets released. Right. I don't think it matters. I don't think it changes the trajectory of 2024. You know, I think it, it's whatever. It's good.
1: I think the bad news would have been if they would have said, it's still coming out. And they're like, as soon as the strike. Oh, right, right, right. Right.
2: We're going to kill everyone to work 100 hours a week to finish in time. Right, or try and work with whatever limited stuff
1: we already have. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, I agree. Interesting. Now, this does open up the opportunity for Captain America Brave New World to move into that May spot Mm -hmm. because that's been finished. Well, the filming has been finished. Right, right, right. So uh, potentially that movie could move move up Mm. the schedule. So we'll see. Gotcha. But that, unfortunately— all the news fit to print, which is more news than we've had in like the last month. Right. So right. there you go.
2: Oh, well, that, They're two was new, that was a yeah. new pose. Was like it was the, like the, the vertical Superman yeah. pose. I was like, is he taking off? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. David, I want to, I want to, I'm not one. As you know, well, you're definitely not two. Right. Thank God.
1: <laughs> Maybe three. Right.
2: I'm not one Yeah. for the hyperbole. Right. Yeah. I'm not one to make bold, dramatic statements. Mm. <laughs> if my if my wife listened to the podcast, she would be screaming right now because she <laughs> always accuses me. Everything is like,
1: <laughs>
2: I am never going to that store again. What? <laughs> right? Five seconds Captain, later. <laughs> wait a minute.
1: Look at our rating system. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. right, right. And why it is? Like this. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So anyway, with that being said, I'm I'm not one. Yeah. This prone to hyperbole. You're also not Juan. You're Penn. Right, I'm Juan. I'm not Juan. No. I'm Penn. Which also sounds, <laughs> it sounds like a made up name. <laughs> All right, listen. Yeah. I just want to go on record. I think this is the best slate of trailers. Oh yeah. Maybe ever. Certainly mm. the best slate in a long time. There were a couple stinkers. Yeah. Or or even like the even the stinkers, yeah. even the stinkers were like acceptable. But like, I I have a trailer of the week, but I could easily swap that for a different two or three different trailers of the week.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Well, let's start off with a trailer I know Penn didn't give the time of the day. Mm.
2: No, I did. I just, this is the trailer that I, that I chose to do other stuff while I was watching it. And some of the other stuff may have included leaving the room. (laughs) May have required stepping out for a sec.
1: (laughs) Uh, yet again, Penn has totally ignored my trailer of the week.
2: That's your trailer of the week? <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Why would you do that? It's so. It looks so good. Uh, okay, but there's, but that's not good enough because there's other trailers that are just
1: beyond
2: nah. so good. Well, there's
1: like two other trailers that weren't contested. Intention. Okay, all right, walk Question.
2: us walk us through. The, the trailer that David is talking about is called The Three Musketeers Part 1, and then some Italian dude's D'Artagnan. name. D'Artagnan. Huh? It's
1: D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan. Have you never seen The Three Musketeers? No. You've never seen The Three Musketeers? Not even the one with Kiefer Sutherland? No, I saw the one with Tom and Jerry. Uh, no wonder you're not interested. You don't know how cool The Three <laughs> Musketeers are. <laughs> Also, it was in French, so of course he was like, well, I've got other things to do other than read. Oui, oui, bonjour, or as more fitting, au revoir. <laughs> au revoir, <sighs> mon ami. Yeah, well, <laughs> The Three Musketeers Part 1 d'Artagnan Ferme la bouche. is the first half of a... It's already gotten critical acclaim in Europe, where it's mm. already released mm. in its native area. Yeah. So okay, go on. But it's coming to America, okay. not Eddie Murphy. But it's coming to America, right, right, right. right. And um, a lot of people have been waiting for. I know we have one listener, adjunct, as in the okay. Amicus's wife, okay. who is constantly asking me when this movie is coming. Is she out. French? No, but uh, I know she studied French. She was in France at one point. So basically, she's French, hundred <laughs> percent. Natural.
2: (laughs) Can I say something totally wildly inappropriate? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) She's not French,
1: but she's a good kisser. (laughs) 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 He probably has a spreadsheet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so your trailer of the week is a movie.
1: The Three Musketeers Part 1, D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan. It looks fun. It looks great. It looks good. It looks French, I and like you're period. never going to see it in a movie theater. No, don't you see. you watch. You watch your mouth. I bet it comes here. <laughs> I bet it comes here. That's cute. <laughs> I know the guy who books the movies. Oh, okay. I bet it comes Oh, so here. you're going to play that card. <laughs> yeah. You think you're so fancy. <laughs> I know people, too. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you don't know David Moulton.
2: I know the Goonies. I know Goonies, he's a manager there. <laughs> yeah. Encyclopedia yeah. like Brown. Yeah. He can get word to the booker. So what's up? Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Right, the next, next trailer is called As We Know It, which okay. not to be confused with Life As We Know It. Right. Which came out in 2010 and has one of the all-time greatest lines when Katie Heigl says, get out of my car. Get out of my smart car. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This, this is a zombie movie yes and it very much wants to be um, a modernized mm-hmm. Americanized and mm-hmm. modernized mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead right where a bunch of like depressed kind of like not keeping up with them what's going on. people mm-hmm. are are just held up in their house and the zombie apocalypse is happening around them and right. they slowly discover in a comical way. The thing to me is, is, it doesn't look that funny. Right. I felt like the setup is there, but then the pull through just doesn't happen for me. At least in the trailer.
2: Yeah, I I kind of agree. This is one of the ones that I thought was like okay. Yeah, like it's because just okay. the, the premise and the setup and the actors are likable, and it seems stupid enough. Like it's 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 obviously not trying to be scary. No, no, no. It's so, a comedy. So this is yeah. a movie that knows what it's trying to do.
1: Yeah. The thing is, it could just be the trailer that's not funny. You know what I mean? Right, right. Because they're, yeah. they're trying to quicken up the jokes. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a guy who got broken up with his girlfriend, so he's depressed, doesn't watch TV or anything, just hold it up with his home. So his friend comes to check up on him. Where you been? What's been going on? You haven't watched TV. You don't know what's going on. And then the ex-girlfriend comes over to, like, have, a, a, you know, more of an argument or whatever. Right, right, And then the three of them wind up in the house while they notice the apocalypse mm. happening. Yeah,
2: them. yeah. In L.A. And the best part of the trailer is him answering the door to each of them.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then we have another movie called Anybody But You, which I thought looked quite good, uh, even though there's almost nothing <laughs> in the trailer. Yeah. It's very, it's... It's it what, okay. I think it looks good for a romantic comedy, predictable as hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea is that a guy and a girl, I'm assuming that their friends decide that they're going to a wedding together mm-hmm. in another country and they're like, we don't have anyone to go with. Let's just pretend Let's fake it. that we're fake. Yeah. Right. And They're like that'll never work. Well, I guarantee you, they fall in love. I
2: think this this looked yes. So, takeaway points for being a predictable romantic comedy,
1: right? But it looks at the same time the actors and everything it works. Put
2: points back on the board for looking really well done, right? It doesn't.
1: I've seen worse made romantic comedies. Yes, but they also didn't show many of the jokes, which is probably a good thing. Yep. So it's a great thing. Next on the list is Saltburn.
2: Mm. Go ahead. Saltburn looks like some kind of weird, like kind of out there. Um, what does it take place at a prep school?
1: It's a psychological thriller. Yeah. It well, starts at a prep school. Starts at a prep school. And then, so it's it's got, you got a, a um, what's the right word? A guy who's, he not, doesn't associate with his family. Yeah. An it's estranged. Estranged. Yeah. An estranged student. And a really popular student, right. rich. And they like team up. And the rich guy takes an interest in the the uh Out- kid, outcast. outcast. And he's like, Well, you're not doing anything for break. Come to Saltburn, which That's is his family estate. Right. And then you get there and it becomes a psychological thing. There's there's hints that there's like a relationship between the two boys. like the two he's like leading the one boy on. But then at the same time, it's almost like the family, he brings these classmates home for the family to to toy with. And it's debatable whether or not in the trailer for me, it's debatable whether or not it's like they kill them or they just manipulate them and like use them for their own pleasure, like psychologically.
2: It reminded me a little bit of um, Get Out. Yeah. You know, not quite, this this is clearly not a horror movie. It's clearly like a psychological, you know, yeah. Like what's really going on. Right.
1: Like the, you know, the, like the mom wants one thing and she's like, Oh, you're, you're the the cutest one he's brought home yet. Like implying that there's been others. Right.
2: right. And is, is this right? Exactly.
1: Is he just a toy for these rich people? Right. That's what I'm saying. Or is there any, any realistic thing going on?
2: This looks like a well-made movie. This is already booked and opens in Penn cinema, uh, I think November 21st, Tuesday. Oh, wow. Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Next one on our list here is poor things, specifically the extended trailer, which isn't much of a trailer. It's more of an interview with...
2: Yeah, okay. Uh, I was going to ask you if I watched the right one. This is with Emma Stone narrating essentially her take on the movie. Yeah. I, I wish that the, oh, theaters... I wish that studios would do this more often because having her sort of walk us through the trailer was so, like, I feel like, first of all, I understand what this movie's about, and second of all, I really want to see it.
1: Yeah. This was what this movie needed. Yeah. Everyone I've seen this trailer with in the theater has all been like, well, that looks weird. Like, mm. I'm not going to see that. Because they have no idea what it's about, and it's all colorful, and it, it is weird looking. Yeah. But if they knew what the story was, they might be more interested. And if it was explained to them, like, simply, right, not like, they can't understand hard complex, but like it's a it's a, an odd con- yeah. concept.
2: But it's not that odd. No. I mean, it's a little bit like a modern day or or just a fantastical take on Frankenstein.
1: Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, that's basically what she explains, that it's uh it, you know, a new person. Yeah. Like quick beelining it to adulthood. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: not like the rest of us that took Forty years, fifty years. Yeah, I'm not quite you know, there yet. Yeah. <laughs> you get there. You get there, buddy. You mean, I rush <laughs> <Yeah. it>? <laughs> <laughs> You don't rush into these things. Yeah. Next on the list is a movie called uh, "The Boys in the Boat." This is my runner-up. This is my runner-up too. Ooh. Except it, mine was a runner-up to a good movie. Oh
1: wow! Hey, yep. What? Can you what? Just, Look, I can't just, quite so, reach. There's but, something I, in my back here. <laughs> You might Oh I'm shit!
2: That? That's my knife. I've been looking. I've been looking all over the place. That's yours.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, I feel like it's been in there for
2: the last 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, Boys in the Boat is directed by George Clooney. Mm-hmm. Looks amazing. It is look based good. on a true story, wh- which was chronicled in a book of the same name, Boys in the Boat. And it's about a. Um, it's told through the eyes of one of the rowers, one, <laughs> one of this kid named Joe. And um, it's narrated by modern, like uh, old Joe, as they call it. And um, he tells the story of coming up through real serious rural depression era poverty and making his way to Washington University where he got a seat on the Washington crew team, which would then go on to not only win national championships, but then make it to the Olympics Mm. and go and row against the Germans in Nazi um, in the Nazi Olympics, right. uh, fascinating story, incredibly inspiring, hopeful, beautiful. Everything is good about this. This was my um, runner-up to trailer of the week. Boys cool, in the boat, cool it, runnings on water. Right. Well, yeah. Except not not funny. I don't think it's at all funny. Hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> it opens on Christmas Day. It looks really good. The Christmas Day opening tells you a little bit about you know what I mean like yeah. like that's a Christmas
1: Day opening. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels right. Uh, for Christmas yep. Day. I, you know, we, you know, I'm not a huge sports guy, but this, this tickled the part of my brain that's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Uh, zone of interest. Why am I blanking on this one? Just give me the little, the, the beginning and I'll probably go from there. Why can't I remember this one? I know I watched all of these trailers. Are you blanking on it too? Totally. Let me just look at a picture real quick and I'll be able to remember.
2: It was a smaller movie. It's not going to, w- I remember thinking it's not going to make it to Penn Cinema. Yeah. Zone of interest refers to a geographical zone. I remember that. I don't have good signal. All right. Well, we'll, well, I'll remember what it is. We'll come back to it. The next one is my trailer of the week Napoleon oh
1: this was good too yeah walk us through what you thought of this Napoleon well it's a Ridley Scott feature film uh it's an Apple production it's got Joaquin Phoenix it's got oh shoot what is her name she's in uh Mission yeah. Impossible movies? Yeah.
2: I'm not going to remember her name, but she's one of she's those actresses she, that, first of all, you, you know her when you see her, and second yeah. of all, you're glad that she's in the Vanessa movie. Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. yeah. She's so in, good.
1: Yeah. Mission Impossible. She was in the um, she's in the, the Fast and Furious I, movies. I feel
2: like what I liked about this trailer is it did a really good job. Did I mention this is my trailer of the week? Yeah. yeah. So the reason why this is my trailer of the week is because, first of all, from the first time I saw any footage of this movie, it was like commanding, like this is going to be an all-time epic movie. Yeah. And what I especially liked about this particular trailer is it begins to paint the picture of what the movie's about. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you get a movie like this, it could be about – his you know final victories or a military victory or it could be you know sort of like the whole entire movie could be in that certain period of his life. Right. But now we saw from the trailer that it actually spans. But he's nothing. It, it, it starts all the way back to when he's nobody. Yeah,
1: I like and when she meets him. He's she's like, did my the course of my life just change? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, I mean this was a this was a powerful, powerful, powerful trailer. So, I highly recommend. This is the kind of trailer that we recommend, like, it's worth watching the trailer. Like, I, I yeah. assume the movie is already on your radar. Yeah. And if it's not, it should be. It opens on Tuesday, November 21st, right before Thanksgiving. Um, if it's not on your radar, it needs to be on your radar. And this is a trailer that's worth watching. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, I mean, what can't that Easy. guy do? Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah. And Ridley Scott, I mean, he brings... He brings the action chops be epic. you know I, I really I can't speak Peace highly enough of I this have,
1: movie I love him and then we have Eileen uh, this was my runner-up and it's uh, Tomlinson McKin- McKenzie Mackenzie Thomasson is a you- yes yeah, yeah. what, what a cutie yeah I can't, I always get her name wrong and then um, it also stars Anne Hathaway. And who who I wouldn't have
2: recognized if I guess I maybe I, I probably would have recognized her eventually, but it like at first you're
1: like oh who's that and then you see Anne Hathaway and you're like oh shit right this is another psychological thriller where it, I am not exactly sure what exact, exact time period it's in but it's definitely in, uh, I don't want to say that it's not world's not like that anymore but it's definitely a, a more like openly sexist time where women weren't as uh, Respected, and basically, like the guys are like, "Oh, both of them, they're you know they don't yeah. amount to much." And so basically, they. But then it turns out, like they, I don't know, it's kind of like a romantic relationship between the two of them, and and Anne Hathaway is manipulating uh, Mackenzie Thompson to to do like uh, looks like maybe murders, right? Uh, uh, you know, like getting her to do her dirty work for love.
2: I have a different take on this. Yeah. Not dramatically different, but I would just let me rephrase it differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, hmm. but I have a different take. Right. Can I do it? You can. Okay, here we go. The next movie on our list is called Eileen. Yeah. It stars uh, Tom Cena, what, Mackenzie? Tom Cena? Tom Cena Mackenzie? Would, Some, yeah. Just say We're butchering her name. Butchering her name. Yeah. I think it's Thomasson, but Tom- I could be wrong. Yeah. I think it's Tomasini. Okay. Because I remember thinking, like, that's kind of a cool name. And it also stars Anne Hathaway, who. They have her in like dyed blonde. Like you at first don't recognize her. A wig. Or a wig. Here's what I think about this movie. Do you wear wigs? I have no idea what this movie's about. Clearly, there's a relationship between the older, more experienced Anne Hathaway and the younger, wide eyed, you know, I don't want to quite say naive, but, you know, like younger, learning the ways of the world. And there's something fishy going on, Mm -hmm. but we don't know what it is. Probably murderous.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Dave keeps, David keeps wanting well, they to make talk, it about the murderers. Well, they have they have a room with a secret hidden thing in it, and they talk about, and she's got a gun. Right. And, like, she sticks up a dude yeah. with the gun. Now, so. I, I,
2: this movie, this could be my, like, this is my third trailer week. I'll say that. Okay. Like, this, this movie, I really want to see what the deal is with this movie. I don't know. I don't understand anything
1: about it. So, for me right now, it's Three Musketeers, Part 1 to 10, and, no, and Eileen... Pauline. Then, boys in the boat, and then Napoleon, oh shit, okay, yeah.
2: the next trailer is called Amer- or is for a movie that's called American Fiction, and how to say it about this movie? This movie looks compelling, mm. striking, mm. sharp, smart, but it's not like i don't know what do you, what do you? this is Jeffrey Wright, who plays a black author yeah. who uh, I'm gathering from the trailer writes pretty heady, you know, good quality work fiction and is essentially talked in by his publisher, talked into dumbing his work down to quote unquote, appeal to a black audience. Right.
1: And so he writes the most satirical black way that he can. Right. And then it gets picked up. Right. And it's basically all these like a high level white people talking to him about his book. And he's like, has to dumb himself down because it's like $4 million right. just for the movie. Right? right. It's like, it's the most money he he'll ever make in his right. career. If he can just play up being yeah. less. So,
2: so this looked interesting and it looks smart. And of course you can't go wrong with Jeffrey, Wright. He's, oh, he's amazing. So he's just he amazing. So many things. Yeah. So this is like a good movie, but it, it didn't make my, it wasn't at the top of my list.
1: Mm. Uh yeah. It's, it's right up there with my other... This was such a good week for movies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Next up was was a, a shorter trailer for Migration from Imagination, right? Yeah. Um, Illumination. Illumination. The uh, Despicable Me right. franchise. And this is the one about the ducks that decide to m- not migrate and then last minute do and wind up in the city. Good kids movie. Looks like we got a good kids movie in his hand, but really stuck out to me. There's not a whole lot of new things in it except for one joke where the... The baby duck is like, to the, to the other brother, It's like, you look like you need a hug. And he hugs him, and the brother's just like standing there. He's like, is it working? And the brother's like, no. He's like, you haven't hugged long enough.
2: <laughs> Do you think we watched two different trailers? Probably. Because the trailer I watched was primarily featuring Taylor Swift's song.
1: Well, this had a lot of her song in it, too. Yeah,
2: the name of the trailer was Migration Trailer Number Two featuring Taylor Swift.
1: Okay, no, that was like, I watched the newest one. I think that was the last one we reviewed.
2: Oh, you're on trailer number three.
1: Yeah. Oh, my
2: bad. Well, anyway, this trailer that I watched was also pretty great. Like, not compelling to me per se, but made me feel like, okay, cool, this is going to be a good kids' movie. Solid kids' movie. The one I watched had the scene where they were peering in a restaurant window. And they asked what Duck
1: Lorange is? Yeah, he said, What's yeah.
2: Duck L'Orange? And he goes, It's you with Lorange on top.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> There's that French again.
1: Oh my God. And, you, th- and you, you say I don't like foreign language votes. Well, that was the, the end of the trailer, so you could be like, nah. nah <laughs> no, I'm all I'm all in on LaRange. LaRange. And the well, not the final, because you did look up Zone of Interest. Do you want to talk yeah, about Zone of Interest? Yeah, let me cover
2: Zone of Interest. Zone of Interest is that movie, it's from A24, and he... It's, it's basically about this family that's... It looks weird. Like, I didn't... I'm going to read you the plot, but I did not pick up on the plot from watching the trailer. The plot is a Nazi commandant re- tries to build a dream life for his family near the Auschwitz concentration camp.
1: Oh! Yes, I remember this. I put this one on here because Owen wrote in about it being at the, fi- the film festival.
2: It's a 2023 historical drama written and directed by so-and-so based yeah. on twenty 20- on a 2014 novel of the same
1: name. There's no talking in the trailer. That's right, 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 There's right. There's no explanation of what's going on. Right. It's just families celebrating in different rooms. Yes. Probably, I'm honestly going to say the worst trailer of the week. Well,
2: the worst trailer of the week because, as you can see, first of all, we forgot it. Yeah. That's a bad sign. Yeah. Second of all, neither one of us remembered what it was about. You're right. And third of all, now that we do remember it, we still don't really, like, have anything to say. I would not have known what it was about had I not read
1: I the, wouldn't have known the little um blurb. Other than it says it's about family or
2: I will say, just to, get, you know, give credit where credit is due, Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 93%. Well,
1: the critically acclaimed, that's also, yeah. I mean, not only— Our own critic, O.N., told us it was good. Yeah. Yeah. The final trailer we have here is The End We Start From, which, uh, like, a woman on the run with a kid type of thing. I thought we reviewed this last week. It looked very familiar to me. You know, that's true. This might be one, because I think there was one one week that I didn't see that you had reviewed. Oh, maybe this This is it. Maybe this is it. Um, it, I couldn't figure out what was going on in this movie. Yeah, so there you go. Well, there's our movies this week. Now, um... Before we get into it, look, we're gonna talk about a movie, and if you want to talk to us about movies, we'll get into them later, but podcast at pensinema.com is the way to get in touch with us. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So this week we reviewed Killers of the Flower Moon, or should I say Killers of the Whole Afternoon?
2: Killers of the Flower Moon was directed by Martin Scorsese, one of the all time iconic legends in filmmaking. So you say. <laughs> all right. I I mark mark this milestone now. Mm. From henceforth, I will no longer say nice things about Marvel movies just to be polite. Good. If you're going to say shit like that about one of the greatest filmmakers in the history of film.
1: You know what I did? Talk to me. Today, I was like, maybe maybe it's me. (laughs) I said, maybe it's me. You've been listening to Taylor Swift? Are are you the anti-hero? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I said, let me look up and see what Martin Scorsese movies I like. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like any of his movies. Right. The only ones I do like. Do you even watch movies? Are Michael Jackson's bad? Okay. And the Michael Jackson's number one. Okay. I don't like any of his other movies, <laughs> and that includes Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I I've seen them. But every single one of them, I think this is just a load of whatever. Yeah. Like I. I spent a lot of time on this movie for nothing yeah so we'll have to agree to disagree but all of them at the same time right when you're watching it oh the acting is amazing right no wonder they won right like yeah but it every single everything and I looked, because it wasn't just this movie yeah and this movie especially because that's four hours of my time thank you very much
2: three and a half but
1: anyway yeah trailers in there it is a long time okay he needs to find somebody to edit his movies for him because it's not that he doesn't have good ideas Mm. it's not that the actors are bad Mm -hmm. he needs a script rewrite or something because this movie this movie is way too long i remember the departed i hated that too because it just seemed like the worst narrative ever Mm. narrative pacing and then i find out Mm. okay the way this movie this way this movie is laid out, mm-hmm. you know, it's you follow the guy mm-hmm. who's the, the kind of dumb guy who mm-hmm. then gets married and then and then from one scene where he's like fully in love with the girl and then almost completely one eighties to, to getting the sister killed, I was like, Wait, I thought the character development was going a total different direction. No. And then for the rest of the movie, of course he's bad. But That was something that Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio changed because Leonardo DiCaprio wanted a a bigger spotlight in the movie. The the book that this is based off of is basically what would have made a much better, more compelling movie to me and was what it was originally going to (laughs) be was what was from the perspective of the FBI agents coming to town and trying to figure it all out. Mm. But instead, we got to watch this stuff happen really slowly, over a long period of time, and then when the last hour came, and they're like, Let's solve this mystery. What mystery? I've just been watching this mystery for two hours, Pen. I know what happened. <laughs> I'm the audience. Pick up the pace. All right? I know what happened. It took way too long to happen, and I know it. So, anyway, they're probably going to win some awards because the acting is really good. <laughs>
2: Well, we can only hope that Martin Scorsese is listening to this podcast <laughs> so, that, so that he can take a note from you. Right. I as mean, he, you, are, you do have an Emmy, after all. He
1: should, does he?
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd like to see your Emmy, Mr. Scorsese. Yeah. If you don't mind. Yeah,
1: please. Yeah, you think you're all that? No, he definitely doesn't have an Oscar. No. I'm closer to that than he is. I got the got on the wing. Right. Did
2: you say he doesn't have an Oscar?
1: No, didn't he? isn't that the thing that he's never won an Oscar? <laughs> Dude, my man has won many Oscars. I thought that was this thing that he's no, not never won. Oh, is it that he's never won Best Picture? No, he won Best Picture. Okay, but I thought there was there was something about him who he always gets snubbed. Or is well, it just is it just DiCaprio that gets snubbed?
2: It's it's mostly DiCaprio. But let me just clarify the reason why he, he sometimes doesn't get all the awards that people think he do. Because he's got do. bad editing skills. Is because a lot of the audience is oh I don't want to say uh, impatient, um, they don't appreciate his narrative. They they don't appreciate the full oh, compelling oh, that, character development mm, that he pours into mm, his movies. They don't mm, have the attention span to keep up, to to tolerate a long a long told story.
1: I was talking to the big O today, mm-hmm. right? And mm. he said, "Why do you think Killer Killers of the Firemen?" I said, "Yeah." Ah. I can't say it's a bad movie because it's not a bad movie, but I I was like, it's not for me. I just thought, I thought it needed some editing. It was long. It was drawn out. And I said, but let me tell you what, these film people are going to have their pinkies out, spooching all over this movie about how great it is. And he's like, so I'm going to love it. And I was like, yeah. And you're going to hate
2: that I don't. Mm -hmm. He won his first Academy Award
1: in 1974. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Remember when he did the Michael Jackson stuff? That's basically (laughs) the highlight for me. That was awesome. Yeah.
2: He won an Academy Award for The Color of Money, Goodfellas, The Age of Innocence, five awards for The Aviator, four awards for The Departed, five awards for Hugo. He does make long movies. The Wolf of Wall Street was long. The Irishman was long. He had 10 nominations for The Irishman, but unfortunately, the general public has an attention span problem. And I know you can't relate to that, but...
1: Ugh. Ugh. I, I sat I was I paying attention for the whole movie. That's the problem. I felt betrayed at the <laughs> right, end. right, right, right. It wasn't that I didn't have the So at spared. what point, at what point,
2: like how do I put this? Was, was there a point in the movie where you realized that you weren't gonna like it because you weren't you were over like like did you get to the very end and be like, oh my god, they're not they're not going this other direction. What a ripoff. Or were you just like right from the beginning, like trying to get the pace to go further? Like, was was there a point where you suddenly thought to yourself, ah, this isn't what
1: I wanted. It was probably like an hour into the movie. Yeah. I don't really know where it was. There was a point, there was a point where I was like, this is taking its time. And the thing is, you know, I say that, but the scenes, where the actors are like compelling, mm. sure. I'm. Ti- what time? Time right. means nothing. No, they're doing amazing work. Yeah, but it's this. It's the drawn out like shots of the scenery, and uh, what I think. when it really started to turn me negative was that this movie's long. And I knew it was gonna be long. So I was mentally prepared for a long movie. And I was kind of enjoying it all the way up until DiCaprio starts taking part in uh like the crimes. Right. Right? And then we got this movie that's so long, but it just quick glazes over the interesting stuff mm. of like Oh, interesting. Sh- yeah. And that's that's when I that's when I that's started when to get a bad attitude. It. I said, I'm fine with sitting here. <laughs> I love that you said that's when I started to get a bad attitude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was fine with it up until I was like, oh, this is great. You know, character development, everything. Like, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Acting is phenomenal. But I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How many kids does he have now? <laughs> right. Right. This is it. Like, we got a second kid. They third made a big kid. deal about the first right. one. They right. made a big deal about the third one. Right. And then all of a sudden. Somehow yeah. there's a, all of a sudden the house is full of people. Yeah. And it's like, what? Is this, who are these white people? I guess they yeah. were his parents. You know, I figured I, it. I don't know. He, but like, it didn't, it jumped when it didn't need, when it needed to walk. And it strolled. When, when it, it should have did a brisk it, walk. It should have at least, it should have at least been walking.
2: Okay. Here's my take on this film. Yeah, I loved every second of it.
1: Oh, Martin are the best. Uh, but I'm sorry, I just thought I heard.
2: Here's the analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> okay, that was pretty good, but not great. He <laughs> <laughs> could have done something better. I know. Yeah, I, I know. It was yeah, weak. It was yeah, a weak sauce. It was weak. Um, the analogy that I have is if if you're out to dinner mm. with, pe- with it's it's you and a couple people that you just love.
1: Can't wait to get away.
2: Right. And you get to the dinner and you are perfectly content. The waiter or the waitress brings over a drink and then you sit there and chit chat for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and then you order appetizers. Mm. You know, and then you know they bring out the apps and then you know you're sitting there and then forty-five minutes into it, they bring out your order. Yeah. You know, and then you get your food an hour into it. Yeah. And all together you spend three hours having dinner. Right. Which you would never do. I'm usually done with dinner in seven minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But if it's a nice restaurant and the seats are comfortable and the company is good, then you just soak it up, you know? And that's what I felt like when I was watching this movie. Like, I was so excited for this movie, and to me, it lived up to everything I thought about it. I thought it was a 10 out of 10. I loved the cinematography. I loved the scope. I loved the, as you already said, the acting was amazing. I don't necessarily disagree with your comments because there were definitely times where I was jolted like, Oh wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, We're already doing that. Yeah. And then there were other times where I was kind of like, we need to move along, you know, yeah. but I was so pleased to be like, it was so appealing to the eye and the sound and you know, everything about it was really like just class a. And so I felt it was 10 out of 10. What I, what I, what I was interested in is, um, the critical reviews when i say critical i mean people in my lobby mm. not you oh yeah okay the critical reviews have been mixed mm-hmm. people are what what we're presenting right now on the podcast is a per- perfect example of what we're hearing in the lobby yeah you know some people are like oh my god it's too long i was bored i didn't follow the plot it was dumb they shouldn't have did it. you know like they had problems with it they everybody agrees the acting is amazing but there's half the audience thinks it was too long and, and had pacing problems. And the other half is like me and just thought it was perfect. Right. So is interesting how divisive, you know, the, 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 the feedback or the response. Divisive? Divisive. Divisive? Can you say div- I think you can say divisive. Divisiveness? Decisiveness. No, decisive. Divisive? If it's decisive. Divisive. It's divisive. Or is it divisive? Which one did I say? Divisive. I said Devises? Yeah. <laughs> what if
1: What if that was your last name and you met a girl and married her and then she became Mrs. Divisive? Mrs. <laughs> so I want to take your analogy from dinner. Okay. Right? Yeah. And tell you what, how you were close. Okay. Right? Yeah. So you go out to dinner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk for 20 minutes. Mm, love it. You order your apps. Sit there for three hours. You're thinking the movie wants you to be at the table. The movie expects you to be the waitress that gets tips $10 after three hours. That's what it felt like. Oh, this was a great time. Then you get to the end. Here's 10 bucks. Thanks for your time. See you later.
2: I think the, the dinner analogy told from your point of view mm. would be this. Mm. Okay. Bear with me. Mm. All right. Walk with me because I think this is going to be good. David, sorry. <laughs> David's see, the, the bearing thing doesn't work because they can't see your hands. Yes. <laughs> they can't see your mix. <laughs> now they just think you're doing a pirate. Yeah, that's
1: good. Yeah, good okay. point, yeah.
2: So David's review of Killers of the Flower Moon through the dinner through Penn's dinner analogy mm. would be as such. Mm. You get to the nice restaurant with people you love. You're excited. Well, see, the, the analogy already falls apart because you don't
1: love Scorsese, but bear with me. Mm. You
2: get to the dinner, Russ. <sighs> you get to the dinner.
1: I can, I, can, I can fix it for you. No, no, I got it. I don't need to your fix it. Your mom takes you to this dinner, and you're 16, and you got to go. Okay. Right? And you, Okay, that's you. And you're, you're at this dinner, yeah, and every,
2: everything's lovely. Yeah. It takes a long time uh-huh. to get your apps, but you so don't care because you love it. And they bring you your apps. And as you're bringing your first appetizer to your mouth, all of a sudden they're out with the main course. And as you're trying to navigate the main course, or you know the apps, or how do I eat both of those? Right. All of a sudden they clear all your plates, and yeah. you're and you're expecting them come right back out with dessert because because apparently they're rushing you through this. Right. But then dessert is an hour and a half. You're sitting there with no plates. No food, And then dessert comes That's out an hour and a half exactly later. exactly how it is. That's how you would explain Killers of the Flower Moon through Penn's Dinner right. Analogy. Yeah.
1: Whew. Was that pretty good, right? We should give a college e- course. Yes. And this could be Penn's Dinner Analogy <laughs> and you. 101. Because it's definitely a four-level a four right. thing. Right.
2: <laughs> it's a four-course meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Well, <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to say worst movie i've ever seen. I'm going to say best movie of all time. Okay. Best movie
2: ever. Of Period. End of discussion. But David's wrong. When it
1: comes to what's your favorite movie? If you don't say Killer of the Flower Moon's from now on forever. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it'll be a thing when when you when it I comes to, to end your, of the year, when it comes to your top 10 and you don't mention this movie at all.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know if I will mention this movie in my top ten, but if you're going to force me to choose between this and Oppenheimer, because a lot of people are comparing the two. A lot of people think the two will compete for Best Picture. Yeah. My award would go to Oppenheimer.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, Abacus. You don't have to do anything but make a note in your spreadsheet <laughs> that Penn said this was the best movie, not just you know, he's ever seen of all time. Of all time. And, and then when he forgets. It's the Bemote. Yeah. Best movie of best all movie time. Best movie of all time. Bemote. Bemote. All right, so what are we doing next week?
2: Next week we uh next week, I really think we should watch Five Nights at Freddy's. But if you're not up for that. Two other new movies are After Death, which is a, some kind of weird spiritual horror movie, maybe faith-based. I don't mean to call it weird, but like it's, it's, it's pretty unusual. Yeah. Or Freelance, which looks like a run-of-the-mill sort of uh, action, you know, good old-fashioned pizza movie. Mm. And then there's Five Nights at Freddy's, which, by the way- We should watch FNAF. I'm definitely watching FNAF. Yeah. You watch whatever you want. Well, I'll watch it. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I don't think it's going to be that scary.
2: I am psyched for this movie. I am super psyched, and and on top of being excited just to see the movie, I can also report to our listeners: Five Nights at Freddy is going to surprise at the box office.
1: Oh no! I mean, it's, Five Nights at Freddy is huge.
2: Yeah, I mean, every time I look at our pre-sales, I add showtimes to the
1: schedule. It's a it's a big franchise, and yeah. people people don't know like it has a demographic, and that demographic loves it. Yeah, loves it. All right, let's move on to listeners' notes, questions, comments, answers. If you want to be part of these lovely people, best way to do that is to email us, podcast at com. Are you ready to start off? Please. I think you should start us off. Okay, I'll start us off with this. Right. 19 seconds, too long. I'll cut that down eventually. Stressing my attention span. Y- yeah.
2: <laughs> I had a little dance going, but then I didn't realize you I was going to have to sustain the dance for who? an hour and a half. Who?
1: What? <laughs> this is this like three seconds longer than Top Ten Sarah's? I can't right. handle it. It's those three seconds. that make it or break r- the whole thing. Really do you right. in. Yeah. So this was a letter from Frodo to me because mm. I don't know if you know. I've been upset about Willy Wonka Indeed, and this was a great email because not only did it enlighten me, but it changed my mind. Wow. Okay, David. That's, That's saying a lot. Yeah. She said, okay, David, I considered writing this before, but didn't think it was really important. I mean, it isn't really now, but I want to point it out that the wondrous nature of Wonka's candy making was known. And it was even a specific plot point. And then this is an expert from the book. "'You see, Charlie,' he said, "'not so very long ago there used to be thousands of people "'working in Mr. Willy Wonka's factory. "'Then one day, all of a sudden, "'Mr. Wonka had to ask every single one of them to leave, "'to go home, never to come back. "'But why?' asked Charlie. "'Because of spies.' "'Spies?' asked Charlie. "'Yes. "'All the other chocolate makers you see,' Had begun to grow jealous of wonderful sweets of the wonderful sweets that Mr. Wonka was making, and they started sending in spies to steal his secret recipes. The spies took jobs at the, in the Wonka factory, pretending that they were ordinary workers. And while they were there, each one of them found out exactly how a certain special thing was made. And did they go back to their own factories and tell? Asked Charlie. They must have an- answered Grandpa Joe, because soon after that. Thickle Gruber's factory started making an ice cream that would never melt, even in the hottest sun. Then Mr. Prodnose's factory came out with a chewing gum that never lost its flavor however much you chewed it. And then Mr. Slugworth's factory began making sugar balloons that you could blow up to the size to huge sizes before you popped them with a pin and gobbled them up. And so on and so on. And Mr. Willy Wonka tore his beard and shouted, This is terrible. I shall be ruined. There are spies everywhere. I shall have to close the factory. The fact people knew about his... This is back to the letter. The fact that people knew about his fantastical candy making and reputation was why people copied him, resulting in his factory closing. The reason that it was so new and marvelous in the movie was because since it had been so long by that time, it was new to them. That's interesting.
2: That, yeah. that uh, really interesting that it changes your mind and that they're. I mean, that's a huge plot point. Yes, you know what I mean. That's like an incredible change. It almost changes everything.
1: My question is: Is that portrayed in the movie? Which is the only thing that I've seen. You mean the movie, the previous movie, or the upcoming? In the previous movie, yeah. in, the, in the classic, like did, Willy did Wonka? Did the they say that country. and we missed it? Yeah. Right. Gotcha. It was I like just too young and didn't right. didn't catch it? Because uh, I've never been a huge Willy Wonka fan. Me neither. So it's not like I... I know some people watch the movie often. I guess people say Wonka's going to be the big... We
2: were talking about Christmas movies. Wonka uh, could be the big Christmas movie.
1: That's true. It could be. Okay. So thanks, Frodo. Thanks for enlightening me and changing everything. Yeah.
2: And we got one more note from more from more. Owen. Yeah. I know you said you, you thought there would be a note from a where, mm-hmm. but this was owen when. who? Why? Mm. What?
1: Oh, when? What? I just want you to know. Oh, Canada? Oh, when. When we put your name down, we literally put O space when <laughs> question mark. New word. Yeah. <laughs> Capital W. Capital W. Right. So,
2: yeah. Owen oh, wrote in, this guy is seeing some good movies. Yeah. Well, we we put the call out to him. Yes, we did. So. Last yeah. week, we, we gave a little... Request for his review right. of uh, – he had to treat – he he went into New York. A few different guys that work here at the at Penn Cinema went to the New York – I don't know what it's called. The New York City Film Festival? Is that sure, where they were? Maybe. Some film festival. It was in New York City. And here's his review of uh, poor things. Uh, Owen writes, I'll give you the poor things review first since that is the one you requested. I love that sentence because it implies – you're going to get the review you requested. <laughs>
1: but you got to sit through some
2: other stuff. And also I'm going to tell you some other yep. stuff that you may or may not care about. Uh, the Poor Things review first, since that is the one you requested. Poor Things is directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, who has done films like Favorite and The Lobster. And is a Frankenstein-like story. Oh, didn't I say that mm-hmm. a few minutes ago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you did it. And is a Franken-like story that follows Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, as she discovers herself emotionally, sexually, and more. Definitely not for the kids or for people that don't want sex in their movies.
1: Okay. Hmm.
2: Who's that? That's weird. <laughs> wah, wah. Guess it's as good as mine. Yeah. Emma Stone gives one of the best performances of the year, arguably of her career. Whoa. Now, I do have a question. Emma Stone gives one of the best performances of the year. What else has she been in this year?
1: No, no. Best of... Like, oh, of, of, the, of all the of all, the, of all, the, of all the, yeah. the
2: movies this year, her performance is one it's of, one the, of best. the best. Is what he's saying, and it may also be one of her best performances of her career. And supporting uh, supporting characters Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe. Dafoe. Yes, William Willem. Willem. Give really good performances as as well. Is that what it was? Who did William DeFour? William DeFour, right? And his little brother, the third. third. (laughs) Oh, classic jokes. Yeah, that was was one of my favorite moments. (laughs) The film is also surprisingly funny and has a great overall commentary. Also is one of the most stunning films of the year, which you might be able to tell from the trailer, costumes, cinematography, production design, and more were great. Might be a bit out there for some people, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. As you might guess, this was my favorite at New York Film Festival and one of my favorites of the year. He would also, he goes on to say, I would like to talk about the zone of interest and give you my thoughts real quick as I saw a trailer was released today. Which we... Oh, what's up
1: brutally destroyed
2: but i feel super cool that it that we at least had the trailer well
1: because i read this right
2: <laughs> david you don't have to tell
1: him that i mean i knew the trailer right. was out and right. i was like "Oh, and this, nothing, this has got to be on our list there's
2: nothing david and i go for more than a good intellectual hard to understand hard to follow heavy heavy you know drama trailer yeah clearly this was another highlight on the trip it's a really tough watch, as you might tell from the trailer. The film depicts the horrors of the Holocaust in such a unique and disturbing way might be inaccessible for some general audience members, given that the film is sort of experimental. But it is one that certainly was one of the better ones of the year and will stick with me for a long time. Mm. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, what I like about Owen is, and, and the other, there's, a, there's a bunch of kids downstairs that are film buffs. Yeah. And they will go see anything yeah like good, you know what I mean, like they don't shy away from a heavy hard to watch holocaust movie,
1: well, you know why they call them film buffs It's like a buff a buff person spends a lot of time at the gym, y these guys gotta exercise their film critique they gotta Yate. see you got they gotta get those games <laughs> <Yate. laughs> i
2: just, i it, it happened moments ago, I was trying to say yes and right, and then it came out yite. and Yate. i th- I
1: thought that has kind of a cool ring to it. I don't know if you're from like. Virginia, right? G yet, right? G right. yet, G yet. All right, moving on. We have. Wait, did I press the button? I can't figure out if I did. Let me try again.
2: It's the final <laughs> countdown.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Rhythm. David's
2: David's over there doing his best Steve Martin impression from the beginning of the jerk.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Top ten Sarah writes and she says, You guys nailed, nailed it this week. It. Meaning last week. Right. But probably, I think we can
2: assume.
1: She means every week. (laughs) She
2: probably also means this week as well. yeah. Yeah, I think that's implied.
1: Uh Uh-oh, but then she says episode 234 was the best episode ever, far from episode 233, (laughs) a.k.a. the worst episode I have ever heard. (laughs) I hope that every episode is so magical that it's the best one that's ever been heard since the last one, making the last one piece of trash. Love it. She said, S- so Boba but, but you tea. skipped over the,
2: the middle sentence. You said episode 234 was the best episode ever, assuming 235 is probably even better.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, you, yeah. Missed, you missed that. I missed yeah. that one. When well, our last week we had a discussion about Boba <laughs> T, mm-hmm. she said, so Boba T, I, one, two, three, four, five, six heart emojis. Wow. It. Wow. Wow. She loves it. She says, except I hate, hate. the Boba bubble things. I have major texture issues with the food. Yes. She says she hates pulp in her and her tapioca and her OJ. She hates pulp and her tapioca. She hates pulp and her OJ and tapioca pudding, etc. Forget about it. Yeah. So I get boba, no boba, and it's basically perfect. Also, I branch out with my flavors, and I haven't had a bad one yet, as long as there are no bobas, and I have to chew. No one should ever have to chew their drink. I'm on board. She said, when you were talking about the movie Lacks a Daisy.
2: Wait, can we just go back to two things? First of all,
1: you skipped the train emoji. You choo-chooed.
2: Yeah. But I just want to make sure that we call attention to (laughs) the fact that (laughs) the (laughs) The choo-choo represented the train emoji. The train emoji. Which I really appreciated because she said, I'm on board. Yeah. You know, which you could just say, I'm on board, and that's one thing. Or you could say, I'm on board, and put a train emoji, and then we're like, oh. Shit, that's for real. She really means. Yeah, she is on on the train. I mean, we're on a boat,
1: right? But she's on the (laughs) she's on the train.
2: (laughs) I also want to just say I can't agree with her more when she said in parenthetically, but still, it was critical. Yeah, no one should ever have to chew their drink. No one. A freaking men. No
1: one should ever.
2: I'm on board with you.
1: She says, when you were talking about the movie Lacks a Daisy and Has a Daisy in New York, it must have slipped your mind about the third movie <laughs> called Oops a Daisy and the final edition Pushing Up Daisies. <laughs> you guys left me in, in the alley with only a Daisy. <laughs> Frowdy face, but I did find my way out eventually. That might be my favorite paragraph of all time. <laughs> Last thing. This is, this is an interesting thing. Last thing, I have a feeling that Timothy Chalamet is going to become the next Johnny Depp by playing these same quirky characters, or at least on his way there. Maybe a higher class of quirkiness than Johnny Depp. I mean, Paul Atreides fits his category, especially by the end of his life-slash-legacies, and I assume in Dune 2. Obviously, Willy Wonka will be well within the traditional confines of quirky. I'm not too familiar with his other roles, so maybe my theory is total BS. What do you guys think? Well... He's been acting since he was a child, so I think it's childhood stuff to the side because that's not too quirky, but he just did that that like cannibal movie that bombed, remember? Mhm. Yeah. Like I think you're right. I think he's on he wants to do crazy roles.
2: I'm going to say something that he wants to push his boundaries. I'm going to say something that is a little bit hypocritical or I should say self-contradicting. Yeah. Because I've been a huge Johnny Depp fan. And I appreciate the comparison. I appreciate the analogy and I don't think there's anything wrong with the with the question, but I would just say I think Timothy Chalamet is leagues above Johnny Depp in terms of yeah. his ability to act. Yeah. And that's saying a lot because I'm a big Johnny Depp fan. I think Johnny Depp is a great actor and I think that he has done some great movies, but um Timothy Chalamet, I don't think we have begun to see how great he can go on to be. Right. Like I think th- it's I, I think Timothy Chalamet is worlds better
1: than Johnny Depp. I feel like Johnny Depp is always Johnny Depp now. Like yeah. When you see him, you're yeah. like, That's Johnny Depp.
2: Did you see um, he, he was when in, he's serious? He, he was in that gangster movie. He was not Johnny Depp in that one. Donnie oh. Brasco. Donnie oh, Brasco. I didn't watch that. He was great in that movie. And I feel like that was an example of him being a really good solid actor. But he didn't make a ton of those types of movies. Yeah, You didn't see Donnie Brasco. Do you watch
1: do you even I, watch I movies? I might have seen it. I don't remember. It's an older one, right? Yeah. yeah. So she ends with, I'm glad to hear that Penn gets lost <laughs> in his own podcast sometimes. It makes me feel better when I start paying attention again and find myself down a dark alley. <laughs> so,
2: I'm glad, I'm glad we're not alone. Yeah, And we are not, let me tell you that. Everyone's favorite sister wrote in and said, okay, I know I'm late to this party, but I finally got to watch Across the Spider-Verse and y'all were right. It's fantastic. I was surprised how much I liked the different animation styles for the different spider people and to think I would have missed this gem if y'all hadn't encouraged me to watch the first one. I can't wait for the next one. Thanks.
1: That's awesome. And I want to I wanna comment because there's been yeah. some suggestions mm. for a theme song for everyone's favorite sister And I think I found something that fits. Oh! And I was going to play it, but my internet on my phone doesn't seem to be working right now. So So next week. Next week. I should have it on the board. This is exciting. Yeah. One thought that I had about the movie.
2: This is everyone's favorite sister, not me. Mm -hmm. She writes, one thought I had about the movie, the spider that bit Miles was 42. That's a pretty significant number. In the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, 42 is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. In sports ball, it's the number Jackie Robinson wore and the only number retired across all Major League Baseball teams. See below why that's a huge deal. Maybe it's just a coincidence my brain concocted or maybe it's something else. I just know 42 is one of my favorite numbers and it was fun that it played such a big part in the movie. That's cool. I did not I'm usually pretty keen on like numerology in movies. Like you, you hear a number and I'm like I make the connection.
1: Yeah, I think I think there was definitely thought behind it because Mm -hmm. Um, Even with the Jackie Robinson, you know, he was the, was he the first, he was the first black uh, athlete to get retired, right?
2: Well, he's credited with breaking the color barrier in in professional, really in professional sports.
1: And, and, uh, you know, Miles was controversial in the beginning for being, uh, replacing Spider-Man with a person of race instead of, you know, Spider-Man's typically, typically white. So I'm sure there was a connection there. Or mm. even just the 42 meaning of the life thing. You know, these people that write these comics and stuff, this might right. surprise you. Stop they, it. But they're Stop often it.
2: nerds. In case you're not aware, she goes on, having a jersey number retired is a huge honor. It means you've had a significant impact on the team and are one of the team's greatest and, mean, and most beloved players. Now, David, hmm. before I read the next sentence, yeah. I think we should both sit down. Hold on. Ah. Uh, okay. This is a stunning and admirable fact
1: mm.
2: about one of our favorite listeners. Yeah. She goes on to say, parenthetically, but much like her sister, parenthetically, she drops these bombs. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the most important part of the entire email, and yet it's in a parentheses. Mm. She goes on to write, I can name the retired numbers for the bears and the cubs off the top of my head. That's impressive.
1: While you were reading this, all I heard was sports and sports, uh, sporting on the sports sports.
2: To have your jersey Sometimes number retired sports. across the entire league means that you made an impact on the sport that was so significant no one else can compare. Jackie Robinson definitely did that.
1: Sportity, sport, sport,
2: sport, sport, sports, sports,
1: sports, sports. Uh, those are all the letters we had this this week. Uh, if you want to be a part of the show in this way, the best way to do that, podcast at pensummit.com. Reach out. All right, Penn, what have you been watching? What have you been doing? What have you been living this week? The dream. Whoa. Watching, reading, listening, loving the dream. Your broski was in town. Did you watch
2: broski it? Broski was in the town. We caught up on Seinfeld. Mm. We caught up on comedians and cars getting coffee. Perfect. On Sunday, I watched a whole bunch of football. Yeah. Sports ball, which was awesome. Yeah. Fun fact, speaking of numerology, Travis Kelty had 13 completions, oh. or catches, I mean. Um, i bet he did on Saturday, sunday afternoon do you know why that's significant david he's the he has the catch because he's taylor swift's boyfriend right and her lucky number is 23 13 13 gotcha i was right there yeah you were right there right there i was on board okay what have you been watching what have you been reading what have you been doing where are you at
1: all right, so Lower Decks and Gen V continue to go, and I continue to watch them. Lower Decks is great. Gen V is just entertaining. But the big one I want to talk about this is I finally watched Invincible Adam Eve, mm. which is a spinoff from the Invincible series. It was a one-hour like special episode in between Season 1 and Season 2 of Invincible, which Season 2 is coming up quickly. And I keep getting reminded about Invincible lately, which I really enjoy – And, uh, it's just a, it's, it was a, it was a great comic and the show was done really well. It's just this whole universe of superheroes of its own that is much more like brutal kind of like crazy. The premise is like, what if Superman was here to take over the world, but he had a son and his son challenged him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, and like fought him off. Mm -hmm. But the, the threat is always there that he could come back type of thing. And, you know, his son's not quite as strong as his dad, but he'll get there eventually. So anyway, it's a really cool, uh, really cool premise. Uh, and the heroes are kind of original and everything. So uh, Invincible Adam Eve is about a character named Atom Eve. It's a, it's a girl. And it's it's just her origin story of uh, her tragic origin story of like growing up with her powers. So it's an hour. It's it's a good watch. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. So.
2: When you say it's an hour, it's like a one-shot special?
1: Yeah, like yeah. you could watch it on its own and not wa- have okay. watched the rest of the series. Yeah, And I would think you would enjoy it, but I mean, it definitely, if you know what the character is and what she becomes eventually, yeah. it, it has more weight to it. But the um, Invin- Invincible, it is a cartoon and it is um, more on the bloody side. So it's not, you know, it's not for children. Yeah. It's just yeah. a warning. But anywho, uh, that's what I've been up to. So next week... Five nights of Freddy's. Five nights of Freddy's. Oh my god. Oh my gosh, we're gonna be so scared. We're gonna have bad dreams. What do you say we record the episode at Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Immediately after, at night. No, here's what we're gonna do. The lights off.
2: Yes. <laughs> we're gonna record it in Penn Cinema in the dark. When the building's is empty. Because let me tell you, the building is a spooky place. When it's dark and you've shut all the lights, yeah. it's scary as hell. One time I was here years ago, I was the closing manager. And we lost power late okay. in the set. No. Like there were no more incoming movies. So the whole lobby was shut down. The concession concession stand was cleaned and done. And uh, it was just me and a closing usher. Oh, it was me and a closing usher and a projectionist. And we lost power to the whole building. And so, so we had to like, well, first you go through a routine. Are we going to get power? Is it going to come back up? And eventually we realized that we're not going to get power in time. And so um, I went around to each auditorium and, you know, exited out the audience. It wasn't a busy night. I think it was a weeknight or something like that. There wasn't thousands of people, but there was a good number of people that I had to deal with. And anyway, then all of a sudden, like, you're alone in this building that's literally pitched back, except for there's some emergency, you know, battery powered lights. It was one of the spookiest moments. It was the spookiest moment at Cinema we've ever had. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty funny.
1: Spookums. Spookums. That's right. We're coming up on, it'll be Halloween before yeah, we record again. Yep. No, it won't. No, next week. Next week, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's it for the show. If you want to get in touch with us once again, the best way to do that is to write us. Podcast. Podcast at PennCinema.com. Such, such a, such a
2: tight email.
1: Yeah. Is that, Ooh, it's so much better. We freshened it up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the funny thing is the new email was Frank's idea. Yeah, and then he, he screwed up he during the retreat. Himself up. Right, he shortened <laughs> himself up, yeah. <laughs> and then we got rid of him.
1: Yeah, this is lame. Wow. Well, yeah. he didn't sign the right contract. that's for sure.
2: It sucks to be you. <laughs> what's up?
1: But look, if you want to support yes. the show, what's the number yes. one way to do that?
2: Well, listen. Um, I'm, well, I'm listening. I'm not necessarily saying that I endorse. Have you been following this on CNN?
1: You know, I did catch it earlier today. Yeah, they did yeah. a
2: little little bit about it, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying. I can't say publicly that I endorse this, but mm. here's what's been happening. Mm. People have been studying to become translators. <laughs> <laughs> you know how this is like earlier in the show, it was basically bilingual. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So what, what people are doing is <laughs> they're studying to become translators. And then they're going to incredibly important moments. And and during the translation, the one guy says blah bitty bop bop bitty And then the guy translates and says, he says You should listen to the Penn Cinema Podcast.
1: They're throwing their career out (laughs) to to just say whatever the person says. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I think that's obviously the best use of your time. Mm. I mean, what else are you going to do? Right. What, are you going to watch Killers of the Flower Moon? You, know, you I got mean, time for that. You're not. Yeah. It'd be easier to just become a
1: translator. <laughs> yeah. And then throw your career under Get the
2: bus. Get a gig. <laughs> transla- no, no, no. You're not throwing no. your career. Because nobody, know. nobody knows. That's true. Nobody knows. This guy knows. sure talk about this podcast right. a Right. Yeah. And it's French. Nobody speaks French. Not even the French. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right? <laughs> Why would they? They're just pretending. Right. Yeah. Why would you I speak French week. when you know English? Mm, that's a good point. I'm just saying. So therefore, if you don't know English and you need a translator, and the translator says like, "Oh, you should listen to the Pencino," they don't say it that blandly. That bl- the obviously, they they may they couch it. They say, "Oh, he's really concerned about the trajectory of these family dynamics, and he thinks that you should maybe listen to the Pencino podcast yeah. to fix your national debt."
1: Yeah, <laughs> why <laughs> move these numbers around? Listen to the Pencino podcast.
2: Yeah, it ain't a big thing. Yeah, no, no big. okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I like it. But if you're the type of person who really enjoys Killers of the Flower Moon, so therefore you're spending most of your time watching great movies. Right. And yeah. you, you don't want to become a translator, which yeah. I don't really understand why you wouldn't, but let's it's just weird. say. Yeah. Let's just say you don't. Watch Killers of the Flower Moon enough, you might become fluent in, in Indian. It could be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How about that line when he's in the car and she says something in Osage and he yeah. goes, you must have said, I'm a handsome devil. <laughs> yeah. that's a great line. Yeah. You got to admit.
1: The movie has good parts. It has
2: great parts. Yeah. If you don't want to become a translator because mm. you're too lazy, yeah. then you just tell a friend how much you enjoy it.
1: <laughs> Wait, did I
2: just insult to people I'm trying to get to? <laughs> that's not what I meant. I didn't mean... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that I didn't mean for that to come out that way. Or try again. <laughs> if you if if you're not gonna be country because you're not smart enough to pass this Oh shit, that's <laughs> you
1: did it again. That's not what I meant to say again. either. That's not what I meant to but say. <laughs> If you're a big
2: dum-dum, right. <laughs> just tell a friend. Oh, wait, let me guess. You have other things in your life.
1: <laughs> oh,
2: you're one of these people. I have a life.
1: Yeah. I to have all time to do this. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, once again, for the Penn Center Podcast, I'm David Walton. I'm
2: Pen- catch
1: them. Take, Take care, care and party on. on. <laughs>
0: Wilmington, Delaware, and Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania. Showtimes and tickets available at www.penncinema.com.